Welcome back to Hannah's Homestead Podcast, hosted by myself, Hannah Bailey. I am looking forward to talking to you every episode about something that surrounds homesteading, homeschooling, homemaking, how to do, and all of the hacks that you need and want to know about doing this on a budget. Because really, you don't have to drive yourself into debt or be overwhelmed with getting your farm or homestead and self-sufficiency going. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Hannah's Homestead Podcast. I am so excited. I have Renee and Drew on tonight. They are out of New Mexico, and I can't wait to talk about everything that they do homesteading related and just their stories of everything that they've grown to learn on their as they're they've processed you know is way different than growing out here in Indiana so I'm going to let them introduce themselves and we're just gonna shoot the conversation and see where it takes us because God only knows we were just talking before we came on air about tornadoes and dust storms and the hills have eyes so we'll see what kind of conversations we have tonight are you guys ready yeah absolutely ready right well, I'm Drew. This is my wife, Renee. Hello. So, yeah, we've been um, we've been married for nine years. We have three kids and and one more on the way, due in June. And we just started homesteading last year, so we're very, very new. We just bought ten acres. And um, I'm a homeschooling mom. Drew works full time. So yeah. Awesome. So you get to be home all day with the kids, right? Yes, I am home all day with the kids. <laughs> I love it. It's a job I'm glad she wanted. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I really do. I mean, obviously, they're hard days, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Yeah, I, I love this. So homeschooling, you know, for us, we do it as well. I feel like you never stop homeschooling. It's kind of like once they start acknowledging things and they're starting to crawl, that's when you can start really teaching them. And they focus once they notice, oh, mom's doing this. I'm going to repeat it. And they pick up a lot quicker to it. I don't know if maybe you've seen it differently, but with my second, she picks up things, boom, like that in comparison to my first, even though my first was around adults 24 seven. What is right. it in your dynamic of homeschooling and um, is it structured? Do you kind of just unschool, do whatever and shoot from the hip? We kind of do a little bit of both. I like a little bit of structure. I love my curriculums. We love to use like the good and the beautiful and stuff for like math and language arts, but for science history stuff I really like literature based stuff. And then, like you said, they're kind of just learning all the time and especially being out here in homesteading, they're learning so much. And same with my second, he just picked up things so fast. He would just see a number and I never even like taught him what number that is. And he would just spit it out and I'd be like, oh, where did you? Okay. So it's just, they're just constantly learning and picking these things up. And it's so cool to see. Yeah. I'm so, congratulations also. You're due with your fourth in June. That's amazing. I, I'm- Thank you about raising big families I'm one of technically six but we had a very blended family and my husband is only one of three but they had a very large family of like gap and everything so his brothers were having kids as he was coming along so it felt like there was just bigger of a big bunch of family kids all around so that's awesome uh okay so you start said that you homestead you know I kind of mentioned you guys live in New Mexico do you guys live on grid or off grid, or is it like a combination of both? Because you are out in the desert. We're uh, we're we're kind of we're very firmly on grid right now. Um, we do have a well. We we're on well water, but you know we have uh, public gas and public electricity. Okay. Um, yeah, solar's in the plans, but that stuff's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So with your well being in the desert, how often do you see that as a struggle with drying out? Uh so far we haven't we're New Mexico is kind of funny. Everybody thinks that it's it's all desert. We're actually where we're at in the state, we're actually part of the high plains. Oh cool. So you know, we, we do have it's 
tall grass prairie where we're at. It's definitely not a whole lot of water though. Like there are properties yeah. that we looked at that weren't very far away that their wells were drying up. Um, ours seems to be doing really, really well. And someone just built a house down the road. So I'm assuming that they have lots of water down the road. So, but it, it is kind of hit and miss and, you know, definitely go through those big droughts. Yeah. The, the biggest problem we have where we're at is uh, it tends to go brackish before it goes dry. So you get you get a lot of salinity in the water. Oh my. So do you guys have like a filtration system or have you thought about adding one? What does that look like? Um, right now, the only filtered water in the house comes out of the fridge. So that's that's what we're drinking. And, uh, you know, we just add a, a bunch of vinegar to the dishwasher to keep the deposits down. Dishwasher yeah. laundry. Yeah, we just add a bunch of vinegar. But we're we're planning on on getting a water softener here in a little bit. Yeah, all I have to do is install it at this point. Yeah, I've, everything is in phases, I feel like. It's like once you get one project done, the next big one is like, hey, it's time for me now. <laughs> yeah. They don't even wait for the first one to be done. <laughs> right? Yeah, my life is just a massive half-finished project. Oh, it's it's all the time. <laughs> so what would you say if water is not your biggest challenge out there? What is your biggest challenge? Oh, I think water is probably our biggest challenge. Yeah. It, you know, the groundwater is pretty stable, but we don't get a whole lot of rain. I mean, we, we average like less than eight inches a year up here. Oh, wow. And you're high. Yeah. So if you're in a high area or plains, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, it, is it legal for you guys to capture rainwater? Like it, it is. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, that's that's one of our big projects. Hopefully this summer, I'm hoping to get my shop and at least the backside of the house harvesting before the monsoons hit. And it would be nice to get the garden in somewhat of yeah. a rainwater thing because we otherwise we have to have a really long hose to get all the way to the garden yeah there's only one hose bib on the whole property so we have a similar situation like that but like i said before we hopped on and started recording like we have clay so for us it's like you know we have one big spell of rain and we don't need to touch anything for a week or two it's just it's like a swamp and like you said 10 pound boots coming back in and we've graded the place so like that's a struggle that we seem to have up here so that's awesome though that you guys have are navigating it in a way that's functional and you already have steps in place that you want to take you're like okay here's the solution to this we just need to get the materials for it and make it happen right so with being on 10 acres do you raise any animals or do you just focus on gardening right now so actually, I'm in the process of building the garden beds, but we are raising chickens, rabbits, and pigs at the moment. I love that. I love that so much. I feel like those are the easiest three to start off with. What breeds they have been absolutely easy. Yeah. What do you have? You guys considered ducks, or just because of the water and everything, and maintaining them? I, I've been campaigning for ducks the whole time. <laughs> Ducks. I've been worried about the water situation and I've also heard they're really messy, but I've yeah. also heard they're like really cute and I don't know. I've been I've been on the fence about ducks. Yeah. So I will say from experience, we've had anywhere from five at one point to twenty. And no matter how many you have, you're gonna have a mess of something. It's our turkeys that always cause us a problem. <laughs> but oh, really? Oh my gosh, they will get up on the deck and poop everywhere, and the ducks won't. They they're not gonna hop up or anything. And we actually ripped out right. our for them to be able to waddle up anyway. So <laughs> they uh, they really aren't as messy as people think, but they do love their water. So you would have <laughs> to be mindful of like a kiddie pool or something for them all the time. Yeah. Definitely. But I mean, it's not out of the question. I think that we could probably, I've heard of um, some, there's some people that we've met around here that they do in-ground kitty pools for their ducks. Um, seems like it'd be hard to clean though. Yeah. I think if you use like a pool liner, we consider doing that, you know, digging out just some dirt, but because we have clay, it's different. Um, I It might actually hold better for you guys because of the solid ground and it just being dry. You can put 
um, rocks at the bottom and keep it in place. And, you know, for us, it'll rip probably, but you then just kind of like lift it out and clean it or don't clean it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those <laughs> things you're like, well, if they were out in the wild, it wouldn't be clean anyway. There would just be all this fungi. And we have a lot of frogs though, too. So it's like, the frogs are always cleaning it the eggs and then there's these little tadpoles eaten it's just it's a mess it's this one big <laughs> life cycle <laughs> so I think one day it'd be really cool to have like a decent sized pond but that just sounds yeah. like a lot of work <laughs> okay so with those with ponds how often would you have to like dig it out because like with a well system we're actually on city water two miles outside of town but we have two wells so we're not on a sewer system we have a septic so that's annoying because that can you know when it rains and it pours it can flood if it's too much water sitting on top but what would that be like having to you know maintain it or is that not something that's been thought out that far yet uh, the biggest problem with a pond for us would be keeping water in it. Mm -hmm. So in New Mexico, we're limited with how much water we can actually draw off our well. Yeah. One acre foot a year is all we're allowed. Oh, wow. So we would have to, uh, we'd have to get it trucked in, the water trucked in. Oh my. I have a friend in Missouri who I was telling you before also, they have their water trucked in too. And I just find that just so unbelievable that to me is just shocking because I feel like you guys aren't even that far out <laughs> and like when you said you just had a neighbor build a house and it's it, to me it's just like what <laughs> how <laughs> so how yeah, far it's out, not too far out how far out would you say you are from like grocery stores and you know just town I don't know what it looks like out there in terms of supplies because it, you know your gas is um trucked in right like you have propane or something hauled in no no we're uh we actually have a, a public utility up here it's a uh, uh, like what do you call that an, uh, an association or whatever oh, okay. so yeah it's not a, a public utility but um yeah there's we have gas natural gas and uh electricity from the grid obviously but there's a grocery store we're probably only 20 minutes maybe 10 miles from the grocery the grocery okay. store a small one yeah and it's half an hour to walmart yeah half an hour to walmart and then more like even not that many restaurants there's probably like four fast it's... food places or like near us oh fast food which we don't yeah. do often but like that's yeah and then from the big city from albuquerque we're about 40 minutes away 40 45 minutes yeah, away. It's, it's a 40 minute drive to work every day okay that's very similar to us we have my husband has about a 45 minute to an hour drive into indianapolis and we're on like the south um west south central side of the state and so actually we're much closer to like if we drove towards illinois we hit central time just about in the same amount of time we'd hit the city <laughs> so it's like a smack dab <laughs> in the middle <laughs> so okay does you your have, husband commute every day oh monday through thursday it was monday through friday and then they just um reduced his hours along with the, his other crew so he no longer works fridays which i'm like okay let's weigh the pros and cons that means there's so many more projects on fridays we can get that <laughs> That means you're yeah. not spending all that money in gas and wear and tear because we go through tires like it's no one's business on all of our vehicles. Oh. Yeah. Wear and tear is probably the biggest expense we have right now. Yeah. Because, you know, I got I to gotta go over the mountains every day and going down through the canyon just eats the, eats the tires up. Yeah. I so, had to start commuting in her car just to save yeah. well, gas and tires. Yeah. Would that make things harder, you know, with kids for emergencies? For me, like we have five seater vehicles total just for emergencies and everything. Um, but be when one's down, it, it seems like two are down at once instead of three. And it's, it's crazy. I feel like we're always sharing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but thankfully we haven't run into that quite yet. He's pretty handy at fixing cars. So if something breaks, he can fix it usually pretty much right away. 
Stop telling people I work on cars. <laughs> One time I told uh, someone at a restaurant he worked on cars and he got roped into fixing the guy, the cook's, uh, the car like later that week. Oh man. Hey, that's a good little side gig though. If you need a little bit of extra cash on the side when you're on your way home or on your way into work. It depends that's on the time you get up though for work because Mike is out the door between 5.30 and 6. So. Yeah, I should be on the road by 6.30, but most days I'm not. It's <laughs> funny. So out of all of your animals, you know, we talked about all of them seem to be the easiest to raise. What do you think? Do you have any threats to them out there? Do you have livestock dogs? What do you have as like protection and predator prevention? Right now we're running just welded wire fence and, uh, we did have to put poultry netting over the chicken run. We we're losing like one chicken a week to hawks. Yeah, hawks, there's coyotes that we hear every day or every night, they'll be howling. Um, but we actually haven't had like a problem with them trying to get into the coop or get it to get to our animals. But I do, we are very soon gonna get goats and I do, think we are going to be getting a livestock guardian dog eventually i want a donkey that's my dream farm animal <laughs> but until that is like a little bit more set up we're probably going to get a dog for livestock guardian yes we have the good lord knows these three ain't worth anything i'm sorry oh you're good so with the have you ever had a um a, either one a donkey or a livestock guardian dog and what made you want to choose both? Uh, we've never had either of those. Um, dog right now is just more in our budget. Um, donkeys can definitely be more expensive. But I just fell in love with donkeys. I found um, the way I first started looking into like homesteading, I saw on Instagram, um, her name is Madison Vining. And I just loved her stories and I saw all her animals and it looked so peaceful and then I saw her donkeys and they were so sweet and like she just loved them so much and I was just like I want one of those I want one of those right now mm -hmm. um so I just fell in love with them and I've only actually seen one in person one time but I was just so excited and uh yeah but so that's that's eventually in the works I'm not gonna lie I'm kind of anti-donkey why? <laughs> you can't eat the donkey. Can't eat the dog either. <laughs> no, but they will still have a purpose, though. Right. Yeah. Hey, listen, we have eight dogs, but only six of them are guardian dogs. And then we have a donkey, and he is amazing, but he's in his old age. And so, like, he's he's like 30. We're like his eighth. Oh, he's oh my God. Man. He's so cute. But they are amazing at their job. But I will say, you know, definitely research because when you learn how they come to be the way that they are when it comes to dogs, especially, especially if you get them from a certain community, I won't name them, but you can find out information on your own. Um, they, they throw specific, quote, bad dogs into the pen and that's how they learn. Like, oh, this is a wow. threat. And yeah, that's why I've, it's amazing and sad and <laughs> wow. yeah, that's pretty crazy. It is. <laughs> yeah. That, that specific community that you're speaking of has uh, some interesting approaches to livestock. Very, very much so. Yeah. We, uh, we're very blessed. All, all of my donkeys came to us for free and two of them I did end up selling. And then we have this old man still, but they are stubborn so be, <laughs> be aware they are very set in their ways <laughs> he's yeah, so i've heard i've heard that are they pretty are they pretty good around the kids and everything yeah absolutely i haven't had any issues with them it, it really is just dogs it really is <laughs> okay good to know yeah we've ran him with goats horses cattle and pigs and I've had my ducks get in their chickens and geese and he doesn't bat an eye but he hates his hooves being messed with and 
remember they can kick forward so that's something to be aware of too. <laughs> that's great <laughs> yeah <laughs> and just dogs like even in his old age if he sees one of our healers he's like i'm gonna get it and i'm like no you're not wow. a lot faster than you <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's definitely good to know because we have three indoor dogs and we're definitely (laughs) done with the indoor dogs. And if we get any more, they're going to definitely be outside. Yeah, for sure. I will say out of all of the breeds that we've had when it comes to livestock dogs, the Border Collie has been amazing in our Great Pyrenees. So those two are the ones that I would say, hands down, absolutely go with. Um, Our Anatolian Shepherd, he's big and scary. But like he's so derpy, and it's because he came from a play. It's it's not his fault. Bad <laughs> breeding, and we took him in from another place where that he was an inside dog, and he shouldn't have been based on his breed. And him and mm-hmm. another um, Great Pyrenees took off for a week, and would come up every morning and pee on our mailbox, and then take back off. And I was like, "You guys, are, it's a week before hunting season. Like, I need you guys to come inside." <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I've heard that about great Pyrenees is they like to roam so I, that makes me a little bit nervous yeah they're called disappear for a reason <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think are- great Pyrenees is probably my my choice though yeah I like it our female one was amazing she had no reason to roam and we never fixed her or anything she didn't go anywhere very loyal so it really does depend on the temperament and the lineage. Right. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, it is something. I mean, our border collar, he came with the farm. So, like, I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> I was like, oh, we have four dogs already. What's one more? <laughs> and then it turned into eight. <laughs> wow. That's what I'm worried about. No, I don't know if I could do eight dogs. I don't know. Maybe if they're all outside, I'd be okay. There's th- these three in the house. They're all big. And they yeah. just drive me up the wall sometimes. And, yeah. And then you throw kids in the mix. I get it. It's honestly, though, all of ours came to us for free. Like, I have this habit of saying, yes, there's space. It, and But this mm-hmm. is my limit. And so you guys have more acreage than we do. So how did you guys end up buying 10 acres? Like, what was it that that you were like, "Uh, we're just going to dive into all 10. It's like a clean slate and here we go. Or did you kind of have the plan? Because I know we had talked earlier and you said you were up in Missouri for a few months and then you're like, no, we're not doing this. I don't like it. We're coming back to New Mexico. So what was that kind of setup of, all right, this is home. Uh, she got me with the shop, so I was, I was not planning on moving again after we bought our last house. We were only in our last house for two years because I didn't. I this homesteading thing was a very new passion for me, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to be in the city. I didn't think anything of it, so we were only in our last house for two years. <laughs> so she drug me up here to look at this. It had a thirty by forty shop with concrete floors. It was. <laughs> That was all it took. Yeah, that's all it took for him. For me, we we had a a minimum of five acres because I knew that I wanted a lot of animals. I really eventually one day want um, a milk cow and maybe even beef cows down the line. But um, so I knew I wanted a lot of room, and um, it's just it was really hard to find what we were looking for. There's not a whole lot of places that go up for sale out here. Mm-hmm. and kind of in the middle of nowhere and so we we looked for gosh a few months you know we were looking and looking we found this place and it fell through for some reason yeah the first deal fell through and uh it went back on the market it was on the market for it was on the market for a few days before we saw it again right? yeah it was it was on the market for like three or four days when i saw it again well, we put the second offer in, they accepted. But man, it was a wild ride getting this place closed. Yeah, there was a lot of complications with the previous owner. and But this place had everything we're looking for. We needed a certain size house for all the kids. We wanted at least five acres. We, you know, the shop was definitely something that was very important. Um, and it was just hard to find everything on our list. I really wanted trees, which was a big deal for me, which is really hard to find out here. <laughs> Um, not a whole lot of trees and this place had 
a whole bunch of trees in the front and it was just kind of perfect that is so awesome. and it was surprisingly within our price range we we don't have an unlimited budget mm -hmm. i don't think anybody does anymore but right I think that's something that a lot of people don't consider either. They think, oh, it's going to be so cheap to just create things on our own and have a new piece of land and be out in the middle of nowhere. But it is probably far more expensive than being in a brand new Cracker Jack box style house that is just in a neighborhood. Everything's accessible. And so when you say you guys jump through hoops, I, I have my own stores on our own <laughs> accord with our own farmhouse because we've only been here just over two years. So what were those hoops? Because a lot of people, as they listen, they're thinking about buying. I have a lot of people in my inbox frequently throughout the week that are like, help me find a farm. Help me look for properties that are on a tax lien. Help me look for this. I'm like, I'm not a realtor, but you know, let me <laughs> give you some, some guidance on what other people have experienced. So what kind of hoops would you say from either experience or from other people's experience that you've heard, would you tell people, hey, this is what to expect? Because we didn't know we were going to expect it and have to go through it. And how did you navigate it? Well, our, most of our problems were mostly with the seller. Um, he was going through like a divorce and there was like a lawsuit that was never told um and so it that was kind of our biggest issues but one of the things that I didn't see coming at all was this county um I think they're still all in doing like paper there's like no computer stuff so it takes like five times as long to do anything in this county um so that was definitely something that's like oh maybe you definitely look into the county and what you know where you're going because we couldn't believe that they were not computerized and it was just going to take so much longer. We had to live in my mom's camper for six weeks, I think, um, because we had to sell our house first. And then we were supposed to, we tried to time it where we would close on this one within a week or two. And just all, all these complications happened. And then the county being slow, we had, you know, the kids and the three dogs in this camper. And it was, it was quite the journey. It, it was a mess. Yeah, our closing date got pushed back three or four times. You know, and we're sitting there in the camper, no real house, sold our house. And yeah, yeah, it was, it's just a mess. But my biggest piece of advice, if somebody's looking is, you know, when you find a property, do all your research before you make the offer. Yeah. You know, I I didn't realize that there was the limit on the well, the water usage out of the well and stuff like that before we bought the property. So, yeah, it's important to know what you're getting into before you jump in with both feet. So, back to the well, are you able because you're on 10 acres, are you able to tap another one on another end of the property if you built like another structure out that way and said, "Hey, this is the well for the animals?" So, yes and no. Um because our property is actually subdivided into three properties for three plots for tax reasons, we could have a well per oh, per okay. parcel. Yeah, but the caveat is the state engineer out here has to approve an agriculture well, and from my understanding, they haven't approved one in over a decade. Oh my! So yeah. I mean, it the water out here is very carefully managed. Man, that's wild! Wow, I can't believe how many times it got pushed back for you to close. Um, you know, actually today I found out that there has not been a documented survey, land survey on our property, like it, in in any sale of the most recent 20 years. So some records show 3.03 acres, some show 3.3 acres, and no one in any kind of sales has any record of it being surveyed. So I requested wow. one because I'm like, this is something people should know <laughs> yeah and that was we tried we closed very quickly we closed in a 17 day business time day during Christmas and New Year's we closed on January 2nd of 2021 so on a Saturday like real quick moved took over immediate possession which is also very unheard of and very quick but mm -hmm. we did forego a survey and thinking you know okay they did one they lied. They didn't do one. <laughs> and then 
<laughs> there's just a lot of things that don't get disclosed and you find out later like oh for us our dishwasher was leaking on the first month of being there so we just ripped it out because we're like okay we're not on city water like it's going into our septic it's not going into a sewer there's no point in continuing to backlog it and so little things like and you guys are strict on water so that would be hard yeah it's definitely had its challenges for sure so with your weather, how, what is the biggest challenge weather-wise? You know, you have droughts and everything, but what is something that, uh, dust storms, for example, would that knock out power? Is that something you have to plan accordingly for? Uh, yeah, we, we lose power up here pretty regularly. Yeah, it's, it's usually pretty quick. The association's pretty on the spot with getting it back on, but it's... The wind is the hardest, I think. Well... The wind, and then in the summer, this will be our first growing season on the property because we didn't, we were planning on being in the house in time to start the, the fall garden, but we didn't even close till the end of July. Yeah, that's hard. So, um, but the other thing that's, that's difficult is uh, even stuff that's labeled full sun on the package mm -hmm. needs afternoon shade here. And so we'll end up yeah. having to put up... Uh, what, what do they call those solar sails or something like that to shade the garden in the afternoon yeah yeah we have those up here too i think those are neat have you guys considered um I, a greenhouse but i also think if you guys already have a lot of heat would that even be something you would consider or utilize yeah i definitely want a greenhouse um i eventually want a big old fancy one that i can like walk in and have this all this room and can start so many plants but for now we're just gonna get like a tractor supply 60 dollar one yeah um because we we're, we're gonna start seeds uh i think easter weekend and we really don't want them all on our countertop right but again my <laughs> biggest um worry is the wind and that it's going to blow away and so i'm trying to figure out where to place this greenhouse especially because it's going to be very light and yeah. not really we're gonna have to tie it down really really good so i'm a little worried about that yeah do you guys have the ability to get like sandbags and then stake it and then bolt it to like the house or like um another building or something like the shop kind of drill some holes into it from the inside like don't be giving her ideas like that <laughs> uh i think my Probably plan right you. now is to do uh, i think i'm going to do a cinder block base for okay. the greenhouse there you go kind of foundation it down yeah for sure we um uh we're gonna build one we have tons of windows old windows that we were gifted and screens and but we don't have wind like you guys. So I'm like not so worried about the glass shattering or like knocking <laughs> down. That's awesome. So, okay. With your first full year being here, what is it that you're most looking forward to? You know, you get to do your garden this year. You, what are you guys going to till anything or is it all just going to be in plants? What does that look like for growing and what is your grow? How long is your growing season? Can it be year round? Oh, we actually have a pretty short growing season because of our elevation. We're we're up like I don't even know what the elevation is here, but wow. it's high. <laughs> we're high. We're up here. I mean, Albuquerque sits at like six thousand feet or something like that. No, that that can't be right. Yeah, six thousand, just shy of a mile, and we're significantly higher in elevation than they are. So yeah, our growing season starts. Our last frost date is a whole month after Albuquerque. We're only forty minutes away. Um, so it is definitely shorter. But uh, as far as tilling, um, we're gonna try and do no-till. I'm planning on doing a, a three sisters garden for my my project this year. So I'm gonna use the pigs to kind of break up. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we do have some pretty solid soil up here. I'm going to try and use the pigs like a, a tiller. And then uh, the oh. kitchen garden, we're going to do in raised beds. I love that idea. That's awesome. We use pigs as well for, you know, just kind of moving it. We raise cooney coonies and American guinea hogs because I'm not trying to raise some big, massive commercial pigs. That for No, <laughs> automatically no. <laughs> what do yeah. you think, <laughs> 
we we've got like a Heinz fifty seven brand, you know the the generic pig. But uh, their mama was on the farm when I picked them up, and they're they're not small. <laughs> they're they're not. I wanted to do Cooney Coonies, but I heard that they're a lot a lot of fat and not quite as much meat. So I wasn't sure how I wanted to go about that. Yeah, they have a lot of lard. I will say, you know, there is a, I'll send you pictures when we get off of here. There's some pros and cons. There's some really good marbleized meat and it's, they're perfect mm. for bacon. If you want bacon all day, every day, there you go. That's your pig. <laughs> and lots bacon of lard. <laughs> they're really gentle though, too. Like they only get up to about 350 pounds. They're pretty chill laid back very friendly they're like dogs so I always feel bad when it's time to process but like my husband yeah. a York Hampshire mix and I'm like Charlotte can go I'm done with her and she's only three months <laughs> old she's just massive already I'm like I, I can't <laughs> wow yeah our guys are still small yet yeah they're still pretty small they're they're uh they're feisty. they're kind of a ride <laughs> So with feeding them, what does that look like? Do you guys have it hauled in? Do you pick it up at a co-op or do you just feed scraps? We kind of feed a mix of scraps and uh, I, I hit them from the feed store right up the way. There's not really like a co-op per se nearby. It would be nice to have one because it's they're They eat a lot and they're kind of expensive to feed. Mm -hmm. We try to give them as many scraps as we can. <laughs> they like pizza a lot. <laughs> funny yeah you guys are a little bit farther out than we are from things um we have a lot of people save food in five gallon buckets and we help a handful of churches reduce food waste so when their pantry hours are closed we haul food for them away because they have other deliveries coming in of fresher food so that's how we have offset a ton of our expenses for all of our animals that is so smart yeah so there's there's got to be something out there between work and home. If you guys had pit stops on the way, I'm always telling Micah and my husband, I'm like, hey, can you stop by at this church on the way home because they have stuff for us? <laughs> That's a good idea. I I've thought about because the company I work for services the casinos in the area. Oh, thought about go. asking them for the kitchen waste. Yeah, honestly, it doesn't hurt to ask. The worst they can say is no. I have other friends that for their, um, he raises a ton of rabbits. And anytime at this local, um, of whatever you want to call it, a cafe, all their pickle five gallon buckets that they come in and like mayonnaise buckets and stuff, they just give it to them at the end whenever they wow. run out because they have no use because that's how they're just hauled in. It's not like they return them. Right. It's amazing for yeah. water too. Buckets would be Buckets so good to have. Invaluable, yeah. 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 And it, even if you want to like grow a tree in it, I mean, truly, like you can start it in the house, all these, all kinds of different things. There's so many ideas. That's my goal with this podcast and my page is to be a resource and give everyone ideas. Like, here's a solution. Here's who you go ask. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Cause I love it. I live on podcasts and YouTube for this kind of stuff. Yeah. That's how we've learned everything is YouTube podcasts. Um, I mean, I, I love to read, so I've learned a, quite a bit of, off of books too, but all of that is, that's how we learn. So it's so nice to have people like you doing that and giving this information and giving ideas or inspiration even. Yeah. yeah for a couple of city kids, the information's invaluable. It is. Yeah. And honestly, it's funny because my girls will not throw any kind of food away and they'll be like, okay, I'm going to put it in the bucket if they don't think <laughs> that they'll eat it later. And I'm like, thank God, because <laughs> I am so tired of digging stuff out of the trash or like, I still have to stop my husband. Sometimes I'm like, put that in the bucket. It's like an orange peel <laughs> or something. <laughs> That's That's me. That's me. So I'm, I'm so used to just boom. Cause I'm trying to clean up real fast. Yeah. Um, but our three-year-old, he's so funny. He'll be like, I'm done. Can I give this to the pigs? Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That he's going to be, did you say he? Yes. Okay. He's going to be so compassionate with anyone and everyone and everything. Yeah. I, I, and that's one thing that I think this, this lifestyle really fosters because 
yes, we are growing for meat, but we treat our animals with so much dignity and respect and give them the best life we can. And we love them. We do. And it's just, you know, you're showing them not only where their food comes from, but to how to steward the land, how to be good stewards of animals. And, and it does foster that compassion, you know, for sure. So being out there where you are, for us, you know, we do have a lot of lot more resources, I feel like, but we try to be more off grid. So like we have a wood burning stove and everything, and we're very quick to recycle or upcycle things and pass things down. Like I have two girls right now. I don't know what my third is going to be. I don't know. I don't think we're going to find out. I just, at this point, doesn't matter. You know, whatever. We're not finding out either. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so exciting. I love this so much. And I feel a little crazy because I'm like such a planner. But at this point, it really doesn't matter. But we literally, because people know how vocal I am about what we do, they're always like, here's something neutral. Or can you use these extra comforters for your animals? Maybe if you bring the dogs in, it got down to negative 35 wind chills right before Christmas. It was horrible. Okay. Wow. (laughs) We had to bring some of the animals in that we knew were like, we have an Alaskan Malamute so he's fine but like the other dogs they had to come in and still with the wind chill it was still creeping into the old farmhouse it's almost 100 years old and I was so grateful people were just like giving us random stuff to use and you know that's something I think everyone should foster is hey it's not an issue to ask I'm constantly asking for stuff on Facebook people are always trying to toss stuff in the dumpster or get rid of stuff so do you guys have a community around you where you can say, Hey, we're looking for this, that, and the other, can you save it? Or can you send it to send me the link or whoever's selling it or whoever's posting it for free and get me in contact with them? So we have, we haven't built too much of a community in person quite yet. Um, We're just still so new. And um, I go into hibernating when um, it's winter and I just don't go out. So um, but we have, we are part of quite a few Facebook groups, uh, local people and homesteaders. And so we have been able to ask for, um, if I have any questions about any gardening things, or, um, we just got some free, um, alpaca manure, which awesome. is so great. Yeah. And they were really great and said, Hey, come back anytime. And so that was really cool. I know I'm, I'm definitely on the lookout for right now, some, cardboard boxes that haven't been printed on, which is really hard to find. So definitely hitting up those groups, but I definitely want to build more of a community like in person and be able to go to other people's homesteads and see what they're doing, what their setup is, or, you know, things like that. Amazing. I didn't even think about cardboard because you'll need it for gardening and stuff. And like we have horse poop and, and rabbit poop. So we have hot and cold plus pig, you know, go as well. So like we have this nice little rotation, but I didn't even think about that for us. Like we just lay down the cardboard that we get. I'm like, this is just to soak up the excess mud and water because we live in clay. <laughs> and for you, I didn't even think about that. That's amazing to think and be like, it needs to be unprinted on. Yeah. I'm trying to go as organic as possible, which kind of annoys Drew to no end because I'm pretty dramatic about it. I'm like kind of all or nothing when it comes to the organic stuff. And I know for the cardboard, we're really just, it's trying to break, cut down on the weeds and the the raised garden beds and get rid of those. And um, I got that from, I I watched this YouTube channel. I don't know if you've heard of them, Roots and Refuge. They're like (laughs) my favorite YouTube channel. And I got a lot of gardening ideas from them. I have a black thumb. Like that's all my husband. He does all the gardening. And when it comes to animal husbandry, that's all me. I'm like, Hey, this animal is acting weird. I need you to watch it for me for a minute while I run up to pick up (laughs) from the vet. (laughs) Just taking more over more of the animals lately, especially because I, like I said, I'm such a baby when it comes to the cold and this, I just, I hate going outside and I get chilled to the bone and he's been like amazing at going and taking care of the animals in the cold for me. Yeah, I I grew up gardening though. So I, I have this gut feeling that I'm gonna be doing most of that too. I hope not. I've <laughs> never I've actually never gardened before. So yeah. this will be my oh, first be year. Yeah, and, and I'm an so infant. excited to I learn. Love it. <laughs> 
I think it'll be so great. And but yeah, he's he's actually been the gardener, and but I I am having a baby in the middle of gardening season, so that'll be interesting. But I'm hoping to really get the hang of it and be out there every single day. Yeah. Oh my god, it's really baby wearing awesome. all the time. Just strap on a baby wearing thing, and you're good to go. <laughs> I have three different ones in my registry because I don't know which one is going to be great. Because my mom's like, that is so dramatic. And I was like, yeah, but I want to be baby wearing all the time. So I want like a good one that's comfortable. And you're never going to know, like one will work for like doing dishes or around the house and doing regular chores. And then another one will fit better when you're in the garden. Exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love other people that just get it and are doing all the things. They're just like, you know what? I'm, we're going to do this, this, and this, and we're just going to see what happens. <laughs> just go for it. And it's nice because honestly, we're the only people that we know that do homesteading or do really any of this and or homeschooling. I don't know any other homeschooling moms. I don't think some at really? church. But we're, we're fairly new to the area, so we're not super close to But yeah, but so we don't have anybody to really talk to about these things. Everyone kind of thinks we're nuts. <laughs> and when I talk about food and, you know, organic stuff, and they're like, okay, crazy. <laughs> yeah, she should see me about dyes. Like my oldest goes to her dad's on the weekends for the most part. And when she comes back, it's like immediately we have to undo all of the fun junk food weekend and all the electronics because we don't have a tv here so she sees that I have a phone and then I use my computer for work but we don't have a tv because I am tired of them becoming zombies and other people are like what is wrong with you and I said no she is really smart and can read and taught herself how to read by sounding stuff out and she needs to play outside and continue to you know cultivate that creativity and art she can teach herself the piano but to be fair the piano is labeled and it was in an old schoolhouse so like I just gave her a book and because it's labeled she get, just gets to read it and follow the keys so she did have an advantage there and it came with the house too they couldn't move it so again <laughs> just a blessing in disguise but again it's like yeah. people don't uh, they don't nurture their skills they're like oh, don't bother me, like, turn on the TV, or go find your tablet, or here's some pizza and ice cream 24-7, or mac and cheese, and I'm like, yellow five, guys, yellow five. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, it's, it's like, you know, they, they really resist the idea of getting rid of the convenience. Yes. Um, I found that a lot, like, especially with food lately, I've been on this food kick, and dyes, yeah, I got, we, we were eating, you know, fruity pebble cereal. And I was like, wait a minute. And I had to, I'm slowly going through everything in the kitchen and getting rid of lots of stuff and replacing it. And we're not going all or nothing. I mean, I yeah. told the kids once in a while, you know, we'll get a fun cereal once in a while, you know, but it's just being more aware. And, you know, people think that it's so you're losing out so much when you get rid of all this convenience food, but you know, real food is actually not only is it better for you but it tastes better it's so when you have a home-cooked meal there's nothing like it right funny funny about that this one here she's still kind of scared of real food a little bit I'm yeah a little bit like I'm it took me a minute to get over eating the fresh eggs from our chickens it took me a second I'm terrified to try raw milk but it's something that I want to do so getting yeah. over it when Drew went hunting and got his elk, it took me a minute to eat the elk, <laughs> but I'm pregnant. So that's my, that's my excuse. Yeah. Not, not just that. She was afraid of the tomatoes last year. Yeah, she was afraid of the tomatoes. I was like, I don't know about this. Oh, I love it. But you're getting over those fears. And once you eat it, you're like, this doesn't compare to anything else. This is the best. And you get to say, I grew it you know, like I've been rendering lard for the last two days and they, people thought it was milk because it is so pure white and beautiful. And I'm like, no, this is Reggie. He gave me the best <laughs> lard. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, cause yeah, I grew up, he grew up, you know, with a garden, a lot of home cooked meals 
And my mom was a single mom with a full-time job. She's a nurse. And so she didn't have the opportunity to really do that. And so we grew up a lot of like hamburger helper and ramen and stuff. So when you go from that and everything comes out of a box or comes from the store, it's just weird seeing it come from outside, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I think you didn't even eat eat salad when we first got together. Yeah, you're over here telling me about that's true dyes in my food. I thought I was gonna have to hide my pink lemonade for a while. (laughs) That's funny. I always, you know, I think back to 2020 though, when everything shut down, people realized how dependent they were, and that's when it Mm -hmm. really kicked people in gear. We always wanted to farm and homestead, but it was just a matter of timing and finding the right place at the right time. You know, we got this right before the market went crazy and we got a locked in at a really low rate. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I like my heart still races thinking about it because they had to shave off $17,000 from the listing price because the house is unlevel. And then six months later, our house got hit with hail. And so insurance oh. insurance covered the entire siding and roof of the house and garage in six months. So it, it was just Ooh. wild. It was like, God was like, okay, you guys trusted me. And even though there's all these problems that arose, like I'm going to take care of it and it's going to be okay. Nice. It was yeah. amazing. The, the Lord works in funny ways sometimes. For sure. That's kind of how it was with um with buying this place. Cause if we hadn't bought our first place that we only lived in for two years, we would have never been able to buy this place ever. Yeah, we wouldn't have the money. And it, homesteading wasn't even in our hearts or minds at all at that point. In fact, Drew actually wanted, he never lets me forget about this. He wanted to look at a property that was, I think, 10 acres or something. And I didn't want to. I was like, what are we gonna do with all that land? I don't wanna. I don't want to be out there in the middle of nowhere with, you know, a whole bunch of land. What are we going to do with that? And so we never went to look at it, which he was so hurt about. And I feel really bad about. Yeah, it would have shaved 20 minutes off my commute. <laughs> and um, instead, we bought a house in the city. And literally, probably a month after we closed on our first house, I found Madison Vining on um, Instagram and her homestead. And I went, oh, I want a homestead. Hey, babe, we should buy land. And he was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> It's so funny you mention her because I've been following her for probably eight years because she's been with Young Living. And that's how I started following her was through essential oils. And I didn't even realize and connect the two and that she had, a, I got off Instagram a while ago. I'm just on Facebook because I'm so tired of all the apps and having oh, to oh, 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 am I there? <laughs> Sorry. I got off Instagram. Yeah. Now you're, now you're back. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. It's out here in the middle of nowhere, but I got off Instagram because I got tired of cross posting to so many different apps. And I was like, you know what? This mm-hmm. is, I'm an old lady basically at 28. And this is where my community is, is on Facebook. I connect with all these people so much better. So I was like, this is just where I'm at. This is my niche. I know what everyone else is doing. And I feel like it gets, you get so caught up on Instagram, excuse me, with the image of maintaining like the best of the best with homesteading whereas on Facebook everyone's honest with each other with the loss and the struggles and they're like hey guys this is not for everyone you really need to weigh what's going on yes it looks beautiful and there are really great things but here's the other side of it that's so true and well for Instagram I look to it more for inspiration than mm-hmm. than anything else and then I look more to YouTube for kind of the more down and dirty real life kind of things yeah. Um, but we're trying to kind of grow our own stuff in Instagram and YouTube. So I, yeah. I like to be out there and try to grow us our, us a little bit more. It's all her. I don't do the social media thing. <laughs> no, I, I can stir the pot and then sit back and watch. <laughs> we'll just have you in the background. She'll just do a little clip of you in the shop and then just cut over to the donkey that she's eventually going to get. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, come on, I need you to do this one thing real quick or he'll just sit there or, you know, a good thing that we've been really trying to do is film a lot of our projects. So yes. he won't film and he'll be like, yeah, we should film the chicken coop, but he won't film it. I have to film it and then, but he'll do most of the work. So that's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. It's a good dynamic though. Yeah, I think we work really well together as long as our tempers don't go <laughs> over crazy. It's my temper. <laughs> 
it's funny because like with Micah I'll I'll wake him up at like 10 30 11 if he's already asleep and I'll be like hey did you do xyz and he goes why are you asking me now and I'm like because it just came to my mind and I don't want yep. to forget <laughs> yep that's me that's me <laughs> I love it well, as we kind of close out this conversation today, I'm definitely going to have to catch up with you guys later in the season, especially after the growing season. I want to do a follow-up and see how that all went, especially with the newborn, because that's incredible. <laughs> I'm not due until November, so I've got some time. <laughs> I get to have a growing season this year. So two of them, technically. <laughs> but yeah, close yeah. out. what are you guys most looking forward to? What is the one takeaway? the biggest blessing, anything you want to share that you think others will appreciate hearing because you can never give too much good advice. You can never give too much advice in general. True. True. Do you have any, any advice? <laughs> I'm still in the romanticizing, I'm romanticizing this still. So I don't have anything. I'm like, Oh, look out for this. Yeah. Uh, I guess the biggest advice that I've got is, you know, when you're looking at getting into homesteading or, you know, property or, you know, raising animals is to start, start where you're at. You know, it, if you got a balcony on your apartment, you can start gardening tomatoes, growing pots just fine. Yeah. If you got a backyard, uh, rabbits grow just the same in the cities they do out here. And they're quiet, not unlike chickens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chickens are surprisingly loud. That's true though. Like, um, what you're saying reminds me of um I brought up roots and refuge before but Jessica Sowards she always says turn your waiting room into um a classroom and you can do that you can have a small garden you can have rabbits you can start to learn how to can just from yeah. store-bought tomatoes you can learn how to make homemade bread um you don't have to have 10 acres you don't have to have an acre um but if that's something that's really on in your heart to do there's things that you can do right now you don't have to wait. Absolutely. That's really good advice. I think a lot of people wait and then they don't know how to do anything and they're trying to juggle everything all at once. And it's very overwhelming and stressful and they can never fit it all into one day or one year. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of how we actually did it. We, I didn't, I kind of had this in mind that I won't do anything until I get the land because I know me and I'll get too excited and then I'll be sad that we don't have it. But I really should have been doing a lot more things ahead of time because that's kind of how we are. We kind of got, we kind of got overwhelmed. There's so many projects we had, we didn't have a full plan of we're going to do this and then we're going to do that. So it was a little chaotic at first. She's not good at chaos either. I, I grew oh, no. up in chaos, so it was no big deal. But, I'm the planner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm the guy that'll show up back from tractor supply with 13 chicks in a box and absolutely nowhere to put them. Which is a true story. <laughs> you just figure it out, right? <laughs> That's it. That's what he does. But the biggest blessing for me, I think, is having I think it's for the kids because being out of the city and the summer, even though we, it was really hard and we were still figuring things out and we were in our house really late. It was the best summer I think I've ever had. We were outside every single day. The kids were like rolling in mud puddles and playing with the chickens and helping us build the chicken coop. And it was just, I will never forget that summer because we got closer together as a family. The kids were outside every single day. I was outside every day, which I got a tan for the first time and <laughs> years because I was outside so much and that's just what I'm most looking forward to this summer is being outside every single day and doing projects with the kids and getting more animals and and it's just it's the best life for me I think absolutely I love that a lot of people undervalue being outside and it is very refreshing and it, it's re-energizing it's all the good things that goes just to the wayside because we get so caught up in our phones and we get so caught up on the shows all of it <laughs> yep because that's for me for winter since I don't like to be outside in the cold I've definitely watched too much tv <laughs> and been on my phone too much but you know in the summer it's just we don't do that. We spend a lot more time together. They're, we're almost never inside and it's just great. 
That's awesome. I love that. You guys, I appreciate you so much for coming on here tonight. And I'm sorry that I have all the first trimester pregnancy symptoms <laughs> right now. <laughs> I envy you being right there at into the third trimester or right there knocking on that door. And I am so excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. Trust me. I know all about that first trimester. I was <laughs> I was hospitalized for five days with hyperemesis, so I know how that goes. Oh, no. I Luckily, I'm not throwing up, but that's, you know, I've had to put a pause on recording as much, and it's just like, oh, I'm ready to just break out of my own body and be like, okay, you can sit there and incubate for a minute, and I'm going to be over here doing all these other things. <laughs> so my husband yeah. calls me an incubator. He's like, you're incubating. I was like, I know. <laughs> It's so true, though. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much. I know it's getting late here. I know you guys have to wind down. You have to go to work tomorrow. You get to homeschool kids. So I will catch up with you later. Again, thank you so much. Oh, thank, thank you. you. This has been, this was our first ever podcast. And it's been mm -hmm. a really awesome experience. So thank, yeah, thank you so much for having us. Oh my gosh, you guys did great.